politics Some culture and craft beer Politics And that is why you're here Politics Bottoms up Welcome to Bottoms Up Fred and Blotto discuss the politics of today, the culture of our lives, and the beer of our state. Bottoms up. Hey, y'all. Episode 7-1 coming at ya. How's everybody doing tonight? I can hear you answer. You're doing great. It's Friday. It's all over. The week is done. All right. So, 71, I started digging around in the music minutiae, and I found some pretty interesting ones. Um, There was a major addition to the 27 Club, and I'm going to give Blatto the chance to guess who it was. Uh, In 1971? That's correct. Uh, Well... 71. Oh, well, I'll go Morrison. Yeah, the Lizard King found dead in a bathtub in Paris under suspicious circumstances, supposedly. Because I I, kind of thought, wait a minute, I think he did produce American Prayer in 70. So that would put the death around 71. Yeah. Yep, yep. And for uh, those that have not listened to American Prayer, I highly recommend it. Highly being the operative word. Uh, well, yes. Uh, and also, all in one sitting, front to back, headphones on, full immersion. Yeah, yeah that was July 3rd of 71. And then I found a really cool one, and it wasn't about someone dying this time, at least. It was the Montreux Casino in Montreux, Switzerland, Catches fire while Frank Zappa and the Mothers of Invention were performing. A fan fired a flare. Why does anybody have a flare gun at a concert? I, I still don't understand this. I, I think in the as the as the story goes, what you're building up to, they don't refer to him as a fan. I think they just refer to him as a stupid. Some <laughs> stupid with a flare Some gun. Some stupid with a flare gun. Burned a place to the ground. So... Yeah, it was uh, the the next day, um, Deep Purple was supposed to do some recordings at the Montreux, uh, what the hell is it even called, Montreux Casino, and uh, they happened to be in a hotel across Lake Geneva, and they saw the place burning, and they were inspired to write, Knobs, can you tell me the name of the song? Not a clue. Oh, (laughs) wait a minute. Come on, man. We threw you. I mean, that was so much wall. setup. He he handed it to you, Knobs. He just he just he, I mean everything but the title. Deep purple about a place burning down. Frank Zappa and the mothers. He's the they're looking across the water and they see the smoke bellowing up a, from the casino. Smoke on the water. Hey! Hey! I represented my generation, I think. Wow. You, you pulled it from going over the cliff. <laughs> yeah, so that, that that's where the uh, smoke on the water, the, the first 
three chords anybody learns on a guitar who picks up a guitar, and I'm one of them. So, yeah, that's how it all went down in 1971. So we're here in 2020, the year of Trump, dazed and confused. How are you guys doing today? I'm doing fantastic. Um, A little sluggish, you know. Uh, I've got a, a, a sibling in town, and we tend to stay up kibitzing too long and drinking too much vodka. Uh, and, and then I and then I got up extra early today to play nine holes of golf, but there was poor reconnaissance, and the course was not open. <laughs> what course? Uh, just a, a red run, like a little par three course that we play on Friday mornings. Was that over in uh, Madison Heights or something like that? Yeah, yeah. So they went on to play at, at another course, but I uh, didn't want to do that for a, a number of reasons. You took your swollen head and went home. <laughs> uh, but in the meantime, uh, it's been kind of a, like a long day because it's, uh, you know, uh, Four hours sleep, I feel like. Yeah, not good. Nabs, how are you? Uh, you know, pretty good. Weather's gorgeous. It's Friday. A few beers deep already. No complaints here. That's what I like to hear. That's what I like to hear. All right. Speaking of beer... I'm a little parched, so how about we jump right in on beer number one? Let's get it. You guys ready? I'm ready. Well, we're going pseudo old school tonight. Um, everybody knows Hefty Lefty, who's been on the show a, num- a number of times. And um, <clears throat> he thought and suggested to us a while back that we when we do our beer review maybe we we might want to think about the history of beer in michigan and maybe not talk about a highfalutin uh, craft beer for a change go to a more of a a staple production beer for the state so that's what i did finally this week is uh i picked up stroh's classic lager I, I tr- actually tried to find a, a paired beer with it, but the only one I could come up with was Altus, and I can't find Altus. <laughs> Where do oh. they get Altus? <laughs> it's still produced. It's still sold. It's still current, vibrant, and it's alive, but I couldn't yeah. find it. So I, I had actually looked a couple times in the past to try and get these uh, these cheap, these cheap high-production beers to uh, fulfill uh, – lefty suggestion uh but haven't been able to find two at one time and so i just backed up 20 and punted and grabbed one of them because i've been wanting to do it uh me and stroh's go way back that's what i as uh, with me as with me cut my teeth on for sure back in the day so well, i it's I, dated as 1850 so how far back you go yes i do okay <laughs> i don't recognize the labeling though it, it's I expected to see the old gold and red lettering and all this. and, and The, the lion uh, uh, shield. Well, the lion's on there, but 
but in the shield, I, I wouldn't know? have even guessed this was Stroh's if if it didn't have the the big name on it. So, and, and, and Stroh's had a unique font as well, and and that's missing from this label. Yeah, that's I, the red part I was talking about. Yeah. And I'm confused because this says Milwaukee, Wisconsin on it. Okay, I I, I can give you a little background. Uh, and 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 Fred, you had kind of mentioned high production beer. Um, you know, I would bet you they're probably producing more Oberon than Stroh's. <laughs> I didn't know what else to call it. I, I guess versus craft beer, uncraft beer. I I wasn't sure. I, you know, I, like like I, I'm almost wondering if it is a craft beer at this point in time, right? Yeah, I guess so. I, I mean, it may not have the flavor punch that we 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 naturally think of with uh, craft beers, air quotes. But um, you, you know, it's it's probably still got to be pretty small batch. And you know another thing about this beer? No. Nope. We're not going to need a church key, probably for the first time. <laughs> twist off. It's a twist off. <laughs> Maybe that says it's it's high production more than anything else. Oh, it is a twist off. Yeah, smoke on the water and twist off. A double <laughs> whammy. <laughs> it's fallback Friday. Yeah. It's, um... Um, okay, so it's interesting uh, – Nobs, that you mo- you noticed this was a, a brewed in Milwaukee. Um, I had thought that Stroh's beer had been kind of licensed or rebranded and mated and distributed by a contract brewer here in Detroit called Brew Detroit. And we talked rather, about, I think, last week, right? Right. And, and they're a, la- a rather large facility. Um, and uh, I've uh, become an acquaintance of one of the principals over there, and uh, he might be a guest sometime in the future. Um, and so I called him to ask him about this particular beer, and it just so happens that of the four Stroh's styles that are now back in the market, Brew Detroit owns three of them but not this one but it but isn't all strohs back from milwaukee because didn't miller buy them initially well they did initially and they might still own them but it's being brewed in detroit but not the strohs classic the strohs bohemian the strohs lager and i think there's a a fourth there's an ipa they make as well no, there's not. Uh, May 4th, 2018, Stroh's released as Perseverance IPA as a Michigan exclusive. I'm reading it as you're saying it, yes. Yeah. <laughs> We're both on Wikipedia. Okay, okay. That's not Stroh's. Okay, there's no such thing as a Stroh's IPA. It's all both. And, and, and you know what? I might have Fire to say brood. something to the guy at, at Brew Detroit about this. Yeah. Anyway. One of the classic it, things it's, about it's fake news. It's not fake now, but you know, let's talk about the nostalgia of Stroh's to us a little bit, right? I mean, you know, knobs, you've already missed out on a on a, on a couple of other you know key points of our youth. Stroh's was 
I, I don't I don't know if I can really describe right how influential it was in our adolescence. Yep. Yep. Uh, and, and our group of friends were split. Yes. It was like Democrats and Republicans. There were Strohs. It was nastier. Were, it was nastier the, than Democrats and Republicans back then. Yeah. It was Strohs versus Budweiser. Buttwiper and Strohs. And, and, and the arguments never ended either. And they never seemed to get old. <laughs> <laughs> we were always willing to sit and argue about whose beer was better. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And in retrospect, I don't know that either were. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get to it because I'm I'm really anxious to see if, if there's any throwback in the taste buds here, right? Is this man, I'm telling you, is this the fire brewed strohs that we should expect from the see, old days? We don't know what they mean by Strohs classic. Yeah. You know I, I, I was gonna get the lager. But then I saw the classic, and I'm saying, well, I should get the classic because that's what we came up on. At least that's what I think we came up on. Yeah, and they had a couple others, you know. They had Stroh Signature whenever we wanted to get fancy or we had, you know, that extra $2. Oh, yeah. Had the foil top. Mm. I- I'm sure I bragged Brown about bottle. it. Be- I'm sure I bragged about it before. But speaking of Signature... I actually had a prototype bottle of Signature before it even had a label. It had the bottle and it had the foil, but they hadn't even given it a label yet. Oh. I was I was privy to that way back in the day. So I, I'm kind of thumping on my chest right now about that. So, Knobs, uh, if, if you weren't aware, um, when Stroh's was brewed in Detroit, they had the Stroh House. Oh, which yeah. was a bar that was owned by the brewery. And the beer was free. The good old days. You could go to the Stroh House, and it was sort of a Bavarian kind of bar, long tables, all wooden. You know, they had the different taps on the room, and or different taps around the room, and the um, uh, barrels put up on the wall with, like, the different logos and whatnot, if I recall. But anyway, you you could drink all afternoon for free. And we would go there. It closed early. Like it closed at like six o'clock or something. Might have been and, really early. Four. Yeah, because it, it wasn't for nighttime drinking. It was mainly for people that took the tour. And then you could go and sit in the Stroh house and try the different beers. I never took the tour. <laughs> I, I never took the tour either. We just would go to this grow house, walk in and order a couple pitchers of beer. And, and and no matter how many times we did it, we always marveled at the fact that we could just come here and drink free beer. <laughs> and I don't think they ever carded anybody. Like we just go in the place. Hey, free beer. We this had a semi, semi-charm kind of life back then. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, just... I mean, there's nothing like that today, right? I mean, it's 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 oh hell no, it's you, unfathomable. You, you go wine tasting these days in Michigan, which is probably the best state in the country for wine, from what I hear. Yeah, and, and they get and they give you. Tokens. Oh yeah, I think I have somebody here that would attest to that. They give you tokens. You know, they limit you. Where mm-hmm. I don't know, ten years ago, you used to be able to go to these wine tasting places up in Traverse City. And they basically, as as long as you were buying bottles to go, they were pouring up tasters so 
and yeah, they, things they, have changed. And they used to, you know, they had different styles. Like we, we only think about the Stroh's classic, and then I, we mentioned the signature. But the Straw House used to have some of that small batch stuff they used to have. Uh, well, the Stroh's Bach Stroh's, was a thing. Stroh's Bach. They had Stroh's Light. Um, had to be more than that. Oh yeah, like there was there was all different kinds. You know, if they had six taps up, they they had different beers on them. Okay, so after all that nostalgia and reminiscing, what do you think, Fred? Mm. Well, let's see. I've had a couple of swallows, and I I don't think it reminds me of the Strohs from way back in the days we're talking about. Uh, it's super light, um, no head. It doesn't have like a super distinct flavor, uh, but it is sort of refreshing. Overall, it's it, it's a refreshing beer. Um, it's one of those ones you could drink all day like we used to. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's not bad. It is what it is. It's it's right. It's a we- low end non-craft beer that you could probably drink all day. Um, again, I, I remember Stroh's in the day had a little bit more of a distinctive taste to it than this does. And so it's kind of this classic is sort of falling short. Either that or my taste bud, buds have been killed off or something. I don't know. For, for how much we drank, it wasn't like this first sip in 40 years uh, was a was a rush to the memory banks, right? Right. And, and maybe maybe if it was even the exact same recipe, maybe that wouldn't happen, right? I, but um, I, I was kind of hoping for, oh, yes, that is Stroh's. And, you know, maybe drinking it out of a Pilsner glass wouldn't be the right way to do it because we, we, we never. never did that, right? <laughs> I mean, it was... It was out of a can. It was rarely a bottle, even. It was out of a can. Remember the gold cans? Those are my favorite. Yeah, the black and gold. So, you know, maybe that would would bring back uh, the the, the senses a a little bit uh, more. But I agree with you. I I mean, this is, uh, you know, just a basic beer. But I I would say this. I'm still willing to go to the mat and say this is a far better beer than Budweiser. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That part hasn't changed. No, I totally agree. Um, One thing I I do remember about Strohs versus Budweiser, I always thought that Strohs had a little bite at the end, which to me equated to just a more – flavorful beer than Budweiser just it tasted the same from start to finish and there was nothing but headaches with that beer you know what I mean I, I just didn't like the flavor of Budweiser beer it I, didn't I just have flavor that's my problem. no see I I think it I I, I kind of think that it did it just was not an appealing flavor to me um you know I, I've always felt that about Budweiser and it could be that they use a lot of rice in their beer, um, which no one does anymore, right? But I guess it was cheap. Um, but I don't know if that's really the reason. And that's something that, you know, we could fact check. But that even when I got into more beers 
and different styles of beer and you know my my taste bud sort of you know developed around beer I still couldn't do Budweiser like Budweiser was still an outlier to me you know that and Heineken like I I can't stand Heineken I think it's awful <laughs> and and those are like like there's you know so many more beers I like than dislike you know uh, and you know, there's, those are two standouts that I just still probably would refuse to have. Like, never, no, don't bother. Nobs, what Nobs. do you think of it? Uh, it's okay. Yeah, it's it's fine for a lager. Uh, again, I think we talked about last episode or a few episodes ago about you know, going to a, a dive bar and getting a pitcher of beer, and mm-hmm. I would say this is above that cheap pitcher of beer. But yeah, it's great for a hot summer day. Am I going to buy it again? Probably not. Yeah, it, it, it's only it. a few rungs above that that pitcher of beer. Right. You know, it's 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 if this is what the guy came back with, and you didn't have to buy the pitcher, and it wasn't your turn, and you know he had you know five glasses. You'd be like, okay, this is good. You're not even going to think about it. Pour it around, drink it up. Thanks. I'll, I'll say this. It's not offensive in any way. <laughs> we we still got him. We still got him forever. Still a better than Budweiser. <laughs> Have you ever had Budweiser knobs? Yeah, I've had Budweiser. Okay. Do you like it? Honestly, I haven't had Budweiser in probably... <clears throat> Three days. Oh my gosh. Well, no, no. A, a while. Like, a couple years, maybe? I, I found myself able to drink Bud Light. Yeah. yeah. More so than Budweiser. Because Bud Light tastes more like Stroh's to me. But Budweiser is just, I, I just find it vile. I mean, I, during camping, I'm sure I've reached into a cooler and pulled out a Bud Light and drank it before. Yeah, I've had many Bud Lights. Yeah. Isn't that what Clark brings to Higgins? Yeah. Mm. Well, yeah. He does, so he doesn't get too hammered. (laughs) Right. Uh Something I should probably learn from. (laughs) (laughs) Should probably take his advice. Yeah, we saw a video recently. (laughs) Hey, I'm curious, but I don't don't know if it's it's anything we want to talk about, but why did we choose this beer first? Take a guess. I guessed it dead on. Uh, because of the low alcohol content? Nope. Yep, that's it. Nailed it. <laughs> move, move that's, what you, that's what you didn't want to talk about? <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll tell you guys. Fred already knows. I guessed. S- no, you knew. I didn't know. I just, I, from what you wrote, to me it was red flags all over the place. Uh, so no, I had our, our second beer delivered to me today by Joe Reezy. Yeah, mm-hmm. thank you, Joe Reezy. And when I went to go find it in my fridge earlier, it was not there, and I had a sudden realization that I left it in my car. <laughs> <laughs> so it is now currently in the freezer, I... cooling down for the second half. Well, you're, yeah, that's pretty smart, Fred. That's that's pretty smart. I give you give you credit. He na- if you well, nailed it. That, yeah, well, when, nailed it down to it's. It was in your car, wasn't it? 
<laughs> well, I, it wasn't I, just you forgot to put it in the fridge. It was it's in your car. <laughs> I love it. Well, he 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 writes. It's something I don't want to talk about. I'm like, what would be the most humiliating thing we could talk about on this program? And it was like, ding, ding, ding. <laughs> uh, uh, it's okay. So I'll be easily cut out. It's fine. <laughs> oh, Lord. Uh, we have gone way over time on beer. Yeah. Uh, but it's been good. It's been fun. Yeah, absolutely. This don't taste like straws to me. So, so, yeah. Uh, where are we going to start today? We're going to, we, we, I mean, uh, he's off the rails, right? Yeah. We, we've said that before. And I don't know if this is any more off the rails than the other times we've said it. Uh, but, you know, this, this goes under the, 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 that the headline of he will stop at nothing. There is nothing this fascist will not do to maintain his power. And uh, people got to start waking up to that. Uh, you know, what, what he did earlier in the week is it, it, it's, it's a small thing if you just compartmentalize it, right? Yep. He's going to walk to a church for a, a really, really poor photo op, and they're going to clear the streets with, you know, men in black. But when you think about what he had to do to for his own ego and the, and, and the lengths that he was willing to go, with yielding the power that he has to move those people out of the way and then stand there like, like, like he's some sort of um, uh, deity to his people. It, 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 it's disgusting. In, in Blatto, think about the orchestration of it. He, he was doing that maniacal little speech before he went to the church and before he said he's going to some sacred place, you, you can hear the, the canisters of tear gas or whatever they're claiming it was going off on these people in Lafayette Park who were peacefully protesting. And, and as he's speaking, you can hear it in the background, the, the flash grenades. I don't, I don't know what the technical term for this stuff is. Right. There's tear gas in the air. They got flash bombs, pepper balls, whatever balls. There's uh, flash grenades going off in in um, police or whatever they were. Jack booted thugs on horseback. You know, moving these people out of the way when they had just as much right to be there as anybody else. They they were within the boundaries that were set up. They, they weren't violent. They were just kind of hanging out and they get mowed over basically by whoever these people were that did it. We're still not quite sure. And it was all at Peter Griffith's uh, command. They were like a prison riot squad or something from the Federal Prison Bureau. That was that group that did that? 
Yeah, I, th- I think that's what I, I read or heard. That's they're, they're a federal unit designed to uh, stop prison riots. Oh, well, yeah. I, I could see why they were brought in. If, if it was really important to clear that street, I, I don't think, you know, we might have a problem with it, right? I mean, we believe in the power of protest, and I even really believe in the power of disruptive protest, not violent protest, but disruptive. Um, but, you know, th- this wasn't anything he needed to do. You, you know, like if if another president is in that situation and he's got a group of people that dislike him for whatever reason, you know, he, I don't think he's going to say, okay, let's get in the tanks and drive through them. Let's just, you know, let that play out. There was, there was nothing pressing for him to want to then uh, disrupt their protests other than to show that he could do it, to, you know, get his base all, you know, jacked up and slobbering and salivating over the idea of, you know, their tear gassing, uh, you know, liberals. Um, and, and, and then in the end, try to appeal to, you know, his Christian base. I mean, I don't even know how to describe them, but uh, by, by waving a Bible in front of a church that he wasn't even welcomed at. Well, well, before we even get to the church, we, we have to back up because neither one of us have mentioned it yet. But the most egregious thing about what they did in Lafayette Park that night is they violated the First Amendment rights of those peaceable protesters. Yes, they, they did. They, they were the dumbass, dear leader, violated in real time the First Amendment rights of those peaceable protesters. And he's attacking, our precedence is attacking American citizens on American soil in peaceful protest. Why? What if Obama in the tan suit had had done any one of those things? Well, well, right, and and you know I don't I don't particularly subscribe to to those metaphors because we know what the answer is, right? But really, what I was trying to get at before was Obama wouldn't have done it. I mean, there was lots of people that didn't like Obama, right? Uh, you, You know, imagine if Whitmer would have used the same tactics to move the people out that were protesting her, her stay at home orders. Yep. I mean, those guys got treated with kid gloves. Yeah, correct. And, and, and maybe they did because they were brandishing firearms. I mean, I, I, I hope their intimidation doesn't work, but I think it was more the fact that, you know, she was trying to respect their right to protest and, and they were allowed to carry the guns, so what could you do? Right, right. And, and, and I think also uh, she's smart enough to know that in the end they're hurting themselves. And I, and I think there was a lot of really good backlash on, like, who, 
who, who are these wussies that, you know, have to carry, you know, an AR rifle to complain about not getting a haircut? Now, look, in their defense, though, do you know how much they spend on camo and tactical gear? And do you know how, <laughs> how few options during the year that they get to actually put it on and, and, and prance about like that and cosplay? I thought they used their ARs for deer hunting. Well, yeah, they do. They got it. See, the thing about it is the reason hunts anymore. they use them for hunting is so they can split the deer in half. So the, <laughs> the gutting is a whole lot easier. <laughs> they just cut them in two pieces, you know? They don't want to get their hands dirty. Yeah. Okay, now back to the church. This is when it gets good. <laughs> Continue. I, well, I, I did not watch I did not watch a speech. I did not watch the whole, I, all I've seen are stills and some video clips. I, I refuse to to even subject myself to that kind of moronacy. Is that a word? It is but, now. It is now. Bottoms but, up. Bottoms up. But, um, you, you know, just, just the photo op is just, again, I, I think there was a pretty substantial amount of backlash with that. And let me tell you this. I saw it. No one in the history of mankind <laughs> has looked any less awkward than him with a Bible in his hand, especially when it was upside down. I don't think he understands. I, I think he might have needed instructions on how to actually open it up because he really seemed befuddled with this object that somebody gave him. It's a yeah. What is this again? A book? A book? A is that book? his Bible? No, it's a Bible. It's it's a Bible. It's a Bible. God, uh, that photo op pissed me off so much. Uh, and it should. It, it absolutely should. And it, and and I think it. I think it did strike a nerve with some. Of the religious right, it right. and and the reason I think yeah. this one did is because you know I keep a pretty good pulse of what's happening on the right through like Breitbart, and I didn't see much on this. So when they ignore a topic, that tells you that they don't want to go there because they don't have the yeah. support of their people. Absolutely, and and they really really ignored this one. He went there for no other reason than just for a photo op and to, to exert some sort of force over these protesters. He didn't open the Bible. He didn't read from it. No. Nope. Nothing. It was out there awkwardly holding this book, and that's it. Nobs. There was no reason to go there. Nobs. He doesn't know right. how to read. <laughs> I don't, it didn't want to pick on him about that part, but... He doesn't know how to. You might be onto something. Yeah, I, I, you know, I I don't think that's that that's too much hyperbole or exaggeration there, Fred. I mean, watch him on the teleprompter. He struggles. He he has a very hard time reading from the teleprompter. If he opened up a book and read out loud from it, <laughs> it would be truly entertaining, especially trying to read something in the cadence of the Bible. I, I just think back to um, some of those interviews where he was asked 
did he like the New Testament or the Old Testament? <laughs> I like them both. <laughs> and then they asked him what was his favorite verse. And and if you're and if you're a Bible reading person, you have a favorite verse. You just do. People lean on those things, and and then it's fine, and and, and I appreciate it. He said they were all good. <laughs> well, did he say that the new and old from the same book? I don't. I don't, I don't recall. Know. Didn't that. didn't on another time when he got pressed? Didn't he go to the? I, I like the eye for an eye. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't remember that either. But. I, I I think he may have uh, tried to use that one as as like you know proof that he's read it at some point in time. <laughs> Back to him, like Stanley Cup pumping the Bible. Was that the weirdest looking thing you've ever seen? He, he had that book in his hand and he started doing this this weird, like, pumping up and down like it was half the hoisting the cup for the Stanley Cup in NHL. It was just so bizarre looking. He's just standing there. And then he, he, he it must have been a reporter or something. That said something to him, and he gave him the shush sign. <laughs> Don't ask questions. I think. I... God, what? So if I can interject real quick, the, the quote was, "Are you an Old Testament guy or a New Testament guy?" And he responded with, "Probably equal." I think it's just incredible. The whole Bible is incredible. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> that means he's never cracked it open. Yes, absolutely. That is absolutely uh, what that means. So here he was asked on WHAM 1180 radio by host Bob Lonsberry uh, if he had a favorite verse or story from the Bible. (laughs) And he said, well, I think many. I mean, you know, when we get into the Bible, I think many, so many. And some people look an eye for an eye. You can almost say that. That's not a particularly nice thing. But, you know, if you look at what's happening in our country I mean, when you see what's going on with our country, how people are taking advantage of us and how they scoff and laugh at us. <laughs> and they, it goes on. And they laugh at our face. And they're taking our jobs. They're taking our money. They're taking the health of our country. And we have to be firm. And we have to be very strong. And we can learn a lot from the Bible. That I can tell you. <laughs> Do you think he'll realize that they're not laughing at the country? They're just laughing at him. This was when he was on the campaign trail, but <laughs> unbelievable. It, it, yeah, I, I do. I mean, I'm not saying that the religious right is going to give up on him, but I, you know, and, and again, this election, it, we only need slivers of every demographic to peel away, right? We just need, mm-hmm. we just need small percents. In every demographic to peel away, but I, I, I really do believe that you know they're just giving up on defending him because I don't see any of that uh, in the last week. I don't there's see any church leaders coming out in favor of what he did. Uh, you the know. only thing I've seen is people saying you're upset about Trump holding the Bible, but you're not upset about the church being burned, which is not even a, a good argument to make, you know, because it's completely separate. Pe- people, 
the Trumpsters, people on the right, they always look for these way out moral equivalencies. You, you know, and, and it's like, no, you they're not the same thing. We're not talking about how we feel about churches being burned. So I don't even know why you'd bring that into the in, into the conversation. It's all talking, they got. Yeah. So, you know, those are those are just weak ways to to try and deflect from the topic on hand. You, you know what I thought was a was an excellent comment was a one that Sleepy Joe made. He, he was he was talking about the weird way that dumbass was holding the Bible, and then he said something to the effect, and I paraphrase it. He may want to try cracking it open once in a while. There's a lot to <laughs> learn in there. And another thing about this, the 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 bishop over the D.C. churches was pissed Yeah, that they did that. I mean, there was a number of them that are in the, the hierarchy there of the D.C. Um, Episcopalian diocese, I guess. And they were all pissed because he didn't let any of them know he was coming. Is that your God voice? <laughs> Yeah, I guess. <laughs> okay, we'll call it that for sure. Uh, but yeah, they were like super vocal, which I kind of, you know, because the religious wrong, a lot of times will we'll just, you know, t- get lumps laid on them and just take it because they get Supreme Court justices and in abortion, right? But these guys were pissed. I saw at least three high-ranking officials in in that Episcopalian... Yeah, no, they saw through the whole thing, and, and, and they had every right to be pissed. Um, but but again, I, I, I don't know, you know, how many votes it peels away. So well, like you said, a sliver here and a sliver there. It adds yeah, up. yeah. But uh, you know what? There's a reason he doesn't read the Bible. He's too busy dominating. <laughs> well, that's that that's the red meat that he's throwing to the base, you know. Well, that goes back to that call to the governors before the Nazi the, the Nazi speech he had that night. It was supposed to did did you hear that part? It was supposed to be Mike Pence on a phone call with all the governors to talk about what's going on. But instead, dumbass pushes pen pencil neck out of the way and he takes over knobs you had some some great reenactment of that you want to take it over um you're talking about his uh 55 minute phone call yeah webinar yeah yeah did you listen to that thing i i heard bits and pieces but i didn't catch any of it i listened to the entire 50 plus minute phone call <laughs> You're a better man than I am. <laughs> I, I I had to because this was a lot, you know, unedited, uncut, and I wanted to hear it for myself. <laughs> the amount of times that this guy would just talk about, you need to dominate these people. You must dominate them, or else you're gonna look like a jerk. And, and he you have used to be that tough. word. It, it was scary. Well, it, it it is scary, and that's where you know his fascist tendencies come through and uh you know fred i i i've been arguing with our our favorite on fb about it that he loves the fascism 
He does. His supporters love the fascism. They don't want to admit it, but they can't deny it either. His his response to me at the end of kind of that 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 uh, discourse right. was, I love this country. Huh. So he was kind of equating to we need authoritarianism, we need dictator, because that's what's going to keep his idea of country together or something. I mean, it's so Hitler-esque. A few other quotes are, you've got to arrest people, you've got to track people, you have to put them in jail for 10 years, and you'll never see this stuff again. You must track American citizens so they never stand up and protest for their rights, is what that means. Well, okay. I I speak Trump, right? And he's not talking about the peaceful protesters. But but this is the problem, right? Because he doesn't make those distinctions. That's exactly the problem. Because he doesn't really care if those distinctions are made or not. What, Fred? I said that too. Yeah, no, he, he doesn't really care about anybody but himself. We know that. So, right. so you know, but what he's really saying, and, I, and I, I hate to have to, you know, decipher his nonsense. Uh, but in either case, it's, it's, it, it's not the way that presidents are supposed to speak. Exactly. And Did that's you- why we still say, not my president, for those, for those kinds of things. A few nights ago, the people wouldn't have minded an occupying force. I wish we had an occupying force. Those are Trump words, by the way. Oh, Quote. <laughs> I was going to say, you need to explain that. Yeah. <laughs> no, exactly that. You, the fact that I have to explain it should say something. Right, because it was like a little bit shocking. Oh, okay, where are you going with this now? But yeah, that's a, that's a Trumpism again. He wants you know? the military to occupy the country. Right, no, because he feels like they're in his control, you know. Now, fortunately, or I, 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 I guess I'm not even saying fortunately. You know, once again, the former military leaders have had to come out and start warning Americans that this guy is off his rocker. Just think about it. That's kind of an ageism term, isn't it? <laughs> off your rocker. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, do, we do a lot of that around here, though. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, was it Mattis came out this week? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then mentioned why the why is because dumbass um, deployed. Basically, I had heard the first number was seven hundred. Active duty army, eighty second airborne division, which is elite combat forces, to come to Washington D.C. to basically police American citizens on American soil. And why did he bring them to D.C.? Because D.C. does not have a governor, which would stop it. There mm-hmm. was much more violence in New York, especially in New York City. Did you see any active duty army there? No. Because the governors would never let it come in. So his typical pattern is to find a loophole or walk the razor's edge. He does have a loophole, actually. 
Right? He, he does. He can, he can bring the National Guard into a state when they're uninvited. He absolutely can right. do that. Do what? Say it again. I'm sorry. He can send the National Guard into a state even though they're not invited. I'm not talking National Guard. I'm talking oh, what, what, whatever it is. He, he he doesn't need to have an invite, or doesn't it's not it doesn't necessarily have to be a governor's decision. We're we're lucky he hasn't done it, but he he can do it. No, as it stands, he can't do it. Yes, he can unless he invokes that um, yeah insurrection act insurrection act from 1807 or something. Well, he would. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm saying, though, that the reason he brought them to D.C. is because there's zero resistance, because yes. there's not a governor there. Right. And, he, I, and I, I hear he's roughshod over D.C., bringing an active duty military, I mean, elite. He's not bringing in your average run-of-the-mill peacekeeping military. He's bringing in the 82nd Airborne. Those are the people you send in. To clean a country's clock, well, and he, he's bringing in. Are you the saying most, that he's he's sending our best? He's bringing in the 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 most elite of the elite, and he's threatening and intimidating and, and uh, probably eventually attacking if they don't get out of there. American people on American soil. Well, he he is using terms like war and battleground. What and, was that term that Esper used? Not battle zone. But but if you are a fighting machine, if that's what your job is, is to go to war and crush your enemy, and you hear those that kind of rhetoric coming from your leadership, you know, what what do you expect to happen? Right? I I I mean you know, we, we, we hope cooler heads prevail all the time, but not everyone has a cooler head. And, you know, g- given the kind of language that him and his cronies use, it, it, it certainly sets up the possibility of extreme violence against American citizens. You, you By know? active military? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Well, or, or, you know, prison riot squad units or, you know, or, or, or even police, right? You, you gear up police and riots, riot gear and you tell them that they're going into war. Do you think they're really looking to de-escalate anything at that point in time? Like, like one of the ironies of the, the, the protest today, and uh, I, I don't really have a great answer for it, but it's, it's. The, the protest is about excessive police force and use. <laughs> and the way that we're addressing it is with excessive police force and use. <laughs> Crazy stuff. It, 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 yeah. I mean, what do they, how do they expect people to act? Now, I'm not saying that looters wouldn't loot if you didn't have police in riot gear. I, I, I don't know. I also think that it's not worth anybody's life, even a policeman's, or especially a policeman's, <laughs> uh, uh, over looting. You, you know, that, that stuff goes away. And, and so really, what, what are they trying to do? Whether it's, it's 
you know, federal troops or riot squads. It's they're creating their own problems. Because that's what the people are looking at. The people that are passionate about it are uh, are saying this is this is why I'm oppressed. You know, it kind of reminds me if someone ever says to you, because I've heard this before, you're confrontational. And then I say, no, I'm not. And there I've lost the argument. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> Blotto, you started bringing up the point of retired. Oh, yeah, we <laughs> I did. Well, we, we got off on a tangent, but I think it's important to kind of pull it back around for a second. Yeah, but I, you know, I, fuck those guys, Fred. Fuck them. Fuck them. Fuck them. Fuck them. I, I, I wrote an article about fucking them on Facebook. <laughs> I wrote a phrasing about fucking, especially fucking Mattis. That yeah. piece of shit. You know, all the reasons that he gives for not ratting out dumbass when he's in the bowels of that beast it is all the reasons he should have been singing like a canary the second he resigned why, why he waits a year and a half fuck him he should have done, done it he should have done it while he was still on staff he should have done it and been fired he should have yeah. gone out in a blaze of glory and, and, this and military, I mean, I love the military, I respect it, but this bullshit about chain of command and you don't rat out presidents because blah, 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 you, you're trying to stay apolitical. As your country that you say you love and defend is going over a fucking cliff, you should be doing something, dumbass. Not the real dumbass, but dumbass. You should be doing something. You wait around a year and a half. You wrote a book six months ago. You could have said something in the book. Nope, 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 nope. And, and you want us to treat you like a hero now because you finally got fed up with it enough because they pulled active duty killers, trained killers, love them, but they're trained killers, into Washington, D.C. That That's what, what finally set you off, you dumbass. Where were you a year and a half ago? Now we're waiting for John Bolton. Where was he during the impeachment? You know, where was his book? Is that the next guy we're waiting for to to come? You know, too little, too late for us. Fuck John Bolton too. Where's his book? Where's his book? There's piece of shit. You know, God, God. nothing. Don't don't interrupt Fred. Let him go. Let him go. Nothing will make me. Catch a breath there. I'm Grassy. fine. Uh, I'm fine. Nothing will make me scroll past an article faster than if I see in the headline "former." I could care less what any former administrative military official has to say about that dumbass. Just today, right? Ex Joint Chiefs Chairman. Former Joint Chief of Staff Chairman Martin Dempsey has joined the dissenting vaults of retired generals. Fuck him. So what? <laughs> it, it, is, it, it is so much so what. I, I, don't, I don't think we talk about, okay, just, you know, slicing off some of every demographic. 
These guys are not slicing off any demographic. Right? Who, who, who are they getting to turn on Trump? Tell me. Because they're not getting any Trumpsters to turn on Trump. The Trumpsters just look at him and say, you were mad because you're not in the party, so you're deep state. It, 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 they, they, they just swatted away like it's, you know, a wounded fly. You know, I, I guess from a military standpoint, I understand the chain of command and the respect, and they, they try to stay apolitical. But you can't stay apolitical when you know the country's getting fucked. Well, That's you can't stay apolitical. Line. You can't stay apolitical when everything that your boss does is political and or like, illegal. Well, and there's that, and, and and you have to decide. I mean, carrying out orders, illegal orders, is illegal. I mean, it's kind of redundant, but you, no, you know what I mean. Redundant. It's perfectly clear. Right, right, right. And you know, he has done so much that has shown his unfitness for office. Whether it's technically illegal or not, he it 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 it, it bears no more proving. So you know, the, yeah, and 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 just go back to when he got elected, if you can stomach that. But go back to that. What we were all hoping. That's that, a loaded question. I don't know the answer to that. That, that, <laughs> that, the, that the generals that he surrounded himself would be oh. the adults in the room yep, and yep. keep this madman in check. This guy that was clearly unfit for office and got there in the most bizarre set of circumstances in the history of politics. That is not even close to an exaggeration, right? And he did surround himself by military because he wanted to be seen as a military guy, right? So, you know, he put a bunch of them around him. And then one by one, they either left or, you know, he dismissed them. Uh, and, and and now, you know, he, he's got, uh, you know, what's the new DNI guy's name? That, that, that congressman? I have no idea. They, they yeah, you do. Rat, Ratcliffe. Radcliffe, you know, like he's had he's had to stoop so low to get people like him that are nothing more than tinfoil hat nuts. That's the guy from his, Arizona, right? right? Yeah, he might be. He was the one that the, the Senate turned down once already. Yep. Which I don't know why all of a sudden he was a, a now being approved. But the Senate already turned him down once. But, you know, basically it was like, OK, this is the best we're going to get. <laughs> you know who's another piece of shit? Who I, I can't I'm, I'm I, you know how I gap I'm gapping on his last name first name is John he was the chief of staff oh Brennan no not Brennan um not Brennan I keep th I was thinking Brennan too but that's different um, yeah 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 what's his name he was dumbass's chief of staff he pops up today I mean he's jumping on the, on the ex military general yeah. train you know f him too John Kelly. Callie, oh, that you imagine that. Can you imagine the nonsense that he was privy to being the chief of staff? I mean, he's in their circle jerking with Jared Kushner and uh, all the other clowns in there. The guy with the spray on hair, huh? He was knee, he was knee deep in Ukraine, yeah, exactly what was going on. Oh, and and he's, he's trying to be a hero now, 
Fuck him. Oh, yeah. my God. So we, we've told enough of these guys to uh, fuck off. Let's, let's switch to Baltimore in the old man, the poor old man. Was there Baltimore? No, Buffalo. Buffalo. Knew it started with a B. See, I gapped again. But th- that that story to me you're, is very. You're frothy. Uh, I'm what? You're frothed up. You're yeah, frothy. I, I've, like got, I've got a little bit of foam running down the side of my beard right now. So let's slow it down a little bit and, and talk about an ironic and interesting story. Take it away. Well, it's a, I, I, it's a really sad story uh, when you look at the video of this 75-year-old, I'm assuming he was a protester, um, but he, and I don't know how he ended up in the middle of 50 riot police, but he's clearly not a threat to them, right? And I think he he approaches one, he has his phone in his hand, and the, the video doesn't really make it clear what he's either saying or what he's even doing, but it's it's clearly not threatening in any manner, and these two I, I can only call them goons not because they're police and riot squad but because of what they did. The 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 one kind of pushes him in the chest while the other one with the, with his right hand the other one sort of pushes him, uh, you know, cross checks him with his baton uh, across his midsection, and he stumbles back cracks his head on the, the the pavement, goes completely rigid. I mean, he, you know, it's, it's one of those where, where you don't even just pass out limp, like he's like stuck. And there's blood that's coming out of his ear and pooling up around his head. I mean, it's, it, it, it is, it is shocking to watch these two law enforcement officers do this. And then with no reaction, no reaction whatsoever, uh, after they seen what they done. Well, there was one of those riot police that kind of bent over and was going to see if the guy was okay. And another guy grabbed him by his flak jacket and pulled him away. Yep. And they kept moving. I, it, well, their other reaction was to arrest another protester who was trying to check in on yeah, the guy who was knocked down. Billy Club. That was their reaction. Yep. Was to arrest someone who was trying to look after someone else. So, during this whole protest thing, um, you know, there's a lot of discussion, of, not just about police brutality or excessive use of force, and it's certainly generally targeted towards minorities, but, you know, there's this constant sort of um, debate, if you will, about good cops versus bad cops, right? And, you, you know... Does it get into percents, right? How, how many good cops are there and how many bad cops are there? And, and I used to kind of get into that argument. And I don't, I, I've kind of changed my mind on that a little bit. And it's getting harder to, to say that, you know, that the way that we're policing in this country is all wrong. That, that, that's what I want to say is that it's not a matter of good cops and bad cops. I mean, there's there's obviously corrupt cops and there's the really bad ones and the super racist ones and the, you know, white supremacist ones. But that we've created these situations with policing and the leadership at the top is 
is propagating it, whether it's Trump or whether it's, you know, Republican media, whatever it is, you know, they keep feeding into this idea that that riot cop has got to go crack some skull. And, and that's just what I see today. And, it, and um, you know, sure, it, it has a bigger effect on minorities. But when you see the reaction and the uh, the what is it, just nonchalantness or whatever, whatever word I'm looking for, carelessness of, of what they did to that guy. It's crazy. You, you know what, like. After the the one guy that was sort of trying to bend over in a system and then got pulled off, it was kind of weird. Say like the the ten or twelve other riot police that are in the picture in in the video, it, it almost it reminded me their body language reminded me of bees. You know, how bees get excited and they all kind of run into each other because those yeah. guys were just walking. But then once that that the the seasoned citizen hit the ground, and you know what? To bleed out of your ear, do you know how hard your head has to hit cement to make you bleed out your ear, pool blood? As a side I, note, I, I would I would I would think that you're just going to die right there. Well, the, I mean, when that happens, I would just think. Now, I guess he might be in critical or stable condition. He's uh, in and serious I but stable. Yeah, but, I, I haven't heard the 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 update. Um, but my so, point was about the other, say, dozen. It, it was like all of a sudden they remind me of bees. They were like not walking straight anymore. They were kind of like running into each other. And, and, and I, it was like this bizarre bee-like energy. It, it, it was kind of freaky to me. And if you see the video, check it out because their demeanor totally changes. And, 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 and it's like. I don't know if it's like a, a switch is flipped or what with these guys, but something changed in in their their body language and in their. Well, when 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 you are suited up, and and what kind? I don't know what kind of problems they're having in Buffalo. <laughs> well, they do have the bills, <laughs> and that could cause a riot right there. Yeah, uh, you know. So then, late today, the story comes out. So the two the two officers that were involved in the incident get suspended. I don't know if it was with pay or without pay, but they get suspended. Today, the 57 other officers that are in that squad uh, have tendered their resignations in support of their suspended comrades to show solidarity, saying that these guys should have shouldn't have been suspended. And uh, so I, I don't know how many are regular cops, how many are part-time. I don't, I don't know what their status is, but uh, to try and make their own statement, which I'm not really sure what statement they're trying to make. Someone someone help me out with that. They've all walked off the job. See ya. Don't let the door <laughs> hit you in the ass. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, uh, if, if you want to support two guys that threw an old man down to the pavement to the point where his his head exploded. I, I don't think I want you to, in my community, right? I mean, it, it, good it, riddance. Go work at Costco checking cards when these people walk in. I mean, you're in the wrong line of business if that's your attitude. And and again, it's 
you know, I don't know how big the riot squad is and or special special unit, tactical unit, whatever they call it. I don't know how many cops there are in Buffalo, what size police force they have. I mean, Buffalo is a good sized city, so, you know, they probably have a couple hundred, maybe a thousand. I don't know. I don't know. I, I say see you later. Who in their right mind would fight to get these other 57 or 59, however many it is, back? I mean, that tells you that their mentality is effed up. Right. It, and that's what yeah. they, they these guys were trying the the two that got um, suspended were trying to say the guy stumbled and tripped backwards. That wasn't a trip. Like you said, he got cross checked with a billy club and pushed by another guy. OK, so I'm so, an old so, man. I go down easy. I know I know exactly how that guy felt. <laughs> He was a tall, spindly dude, and all they had to do was push him a little bit, and then the cross-check finished him up. He was going down, and and I bet it was like a whiplash of his head bouncing off the cement. That's exactly what it was. That's exactly what it was. I remember doing that as a kid. You'd fall off your bike, and your neck would get whipped, and your head would bounce off the cement. When Uh, you're a kid, you absorb it, and eh, you live through it. But as a 75-year-old dude, you, you have blood bursting from the ears. What's even even more troubling to me about this story was the official statement uh, came out that he tripped. He didn't trip. And other protester who filmed it released it. And so now you have corruption at the highest level. You know, saying that he that he tripped, and I don't think they've backtracked on that story yet. He tripped after he was pushed. He might have tripped on his own feet. Okay, I, I if if that's what they're 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 calling so, a trip. So one of the things that keeps coming up in this protest narrative, like I said, is you know, uh, some people are, are are looking at the cop in Minnesota as saying, okay, you have a bad apple, you can't paint a broad brush across all policemen uh, because of one bad apple, just like, you know, and they're trying to, again, draw the false equivalency of you have bad apples in the, in, in the protesting that are doing the looting and the arson, but you don't want us to say that all protesters are bad. So you can't say that just because you have a bad cop who, you know, murders somebody on the street that all cops are murderers. Now, the, the 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 biggest difference in that is I don't I'm not putting my trust in my community in my safety in my protect, protection into looters and arsonists <laughs> like that that's not their job right to protect and serve but when bad cops do it it elevates it on a whole new another level but um but 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 anyway on, on this notion of the bad apple. The Buffalo situation is a perfect example of where the bad apple doesn't really fit. Because are we to assume that the other 57 officers are all bad apples? Because now they're supporting their their fellow officer who has been suspended. And... Part of me says, yeah, right? I mean, if this is what they think that, that they have to stand up for, they're, they're, there's something wrong there. But I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like changing 
my my opinion on this whole good cop bad cop thing. I I, I kind of walk through like a couple scenarios in my mind today. You know, let's say you have a, a pair of officers in an urban situation, partners. They're beloved by their community, right? They have great relationships on their beat. They know the kids. They play basketball with them. You know, they know all the store owners. They get, you know, free coffee. You know, there's not a lot of trouble in their neighborhood necessarily. They know how to bring the right amount of force to a situation. But then, you know, there's just... cops? Pardon me? Are these white cops? It, it, sure. I mean, for the sake of, of of this argument, let's just say. I'm just you know, curious. But but maybe not. But it does. You know, the escalation happens. You know, obviously when when race comes into play. But then all of a sudden, you know, one night there's a situation, and you know, one of the partners ends up killing an innocent. Maybe it was by mistake. Maybe it was out of fear. Maybe it was something that went really bad. And the other guy covers for him. So, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of like, you know, he's a good guy 99% of the time. And now he's trying to be a good guy to his partner. But he lies on the report. And, you know, there was an innocent life taken, but he feels like I've got to protect my guy. How bad a cop is he? And I think this is a real life scenario. You know what I mean? Like, like normally I wouldn't put him into the group of, okay, what percent of are bad cops? So I'm, I'm starting to, to disregard that argument that any of them could be bad is kind of what I'm saying. Do you follow me? Mostly, <laughs> like, like, w- would you consider that guy a dirty cop? If, if given given the scenario that I gave you, I guess you'd have to, because he's not telling the truth. But he's also been the kind of police and community officer that we want in general, right? Like the other ninety nine percent of the time. Yeah, but that, that he, he's he's not going around. Made a you know, decision though to go against all that he has done that is good to protect his partner when things correct. So it's correct. Up, I guess. But but what, what, what the reason I bring up the scenario is to say that any cop can be a bad apple. Like like calling out the calling out the white supremacist, the guy who has a swastika tattooed on his knuckles, right? It, I'm not saying that 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 needs to happen more often than it does. The, I'm saying that's the, that's the low hanging fruit of good cops calling out bad cops. But the but 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 policing is a much deeper issue than that. Y- you know what I mean? And and that's where you know if in the the Buffalo is also another example of that. Like I I don't know where all 57 of those officers who now have decided that. You know, beating up an old man is is principled enough to lose your job over. If all those were quote unquote dirty cops, 
and given that they are put in situations uh, that oftentimes, you know, have the ability to end up in life or, or death, any one of them could be bad. It's it's almost kind of like what I say about uh, uh, gun owners. Everyone's a responsible gun owner until they're not. True. Everyone's a good cop until he's not. True. <laughs> Couldn't that apply to humanity in general, though? Right, right, right. But but in law enforcement, you know what I mean. It 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 has much greater impact, right? I mean it. You know, it, it ends up in people being incarcerated wrongfully or unjustly or unequally or unfairly. It ends up in people dying. Um, you know. Depends Just, on the situation, I guess, but sure. Right, right, right. I mean, that that's, but that's why it's more important. Like we, we, we put our faith in policing. And that faith is really, really being shattered right now. And rightfully so in many ways. And I'm just trying to kind of, you know, put this in a way to say I'm, I'm dispelling the myth kind of of the good cop, bad cop. They're all good until they're bad. <laughs> and they all have the potential to be bad. That, that's kind of what I'm saying in, 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 the, in the scenario that I gave you. And you know what's the the sad part about all this is they they have to figure out a way to legislate part of this to fix the problem. But I tell you what, I've been hearing a lot of since this Floyd death happened is that the legislation part is going to be, you know, everyone's thinking this is like a a an amazing moment where something's going to change, like a Martin no. King. Well, no, I right. know I'm I'm not agreeing. A lot of people are saying that this is different and it, it's going to be a change. But the problem, a big problem in in fixing what's going on with the police, their attitudes, their methods, blah blah blah, is police unions. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not a, I'm not an anti union person. But uh, I've, I've seen it like probably four or five times this week. They've done spots on the news about these police unions and they're very powerful and legislation is not going to get done the way it needs to be done because of the power they possess. Police unions are, it really seems like so many of what they fight for for their constituents has to do with trying to get them uh, trying to get their misdeeds overlooked yeah you, you know whether it's reinstatement or uh, uh, you know setting the bar for disciplinary action uh, so high it's practically unattainable Um yeah, that that does seem to be one of the pieces here. Um, you know, I I, I generally believe uh, in the the power and the good of unions uh, for you know things like wages and working conditions. Um, 
but there are some things that I'm not necessarily a big fan of uh, within unions. And I think, and, and some of those are, have contributed to the, to the problems that they have today. You know, yeah. I, I don't want to, I don't want to leave anybody hanging, but I'm not a real big fan of job security pressures and demands. Uh, I, I think that's always been a, um, a, a, a point for anti-unions, right? You you can't fire that guy because he's union, even though he's not holding up his end, even though he's a poor performer, you, you can't let him go. Yeah. I, I, you, you know what I mean? That, that's one example of, 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 of one where I think that unions have in many ways gone too far, but at the same time, everything a union got was negotiated and they were given. And people will do that. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, if the, if if the, if, if, you know, GM can't dismiss a guy for just being lazy and, you know, holding up the line and not doing his part. Hey, GM agreed to those rules. Unions, another topic for another time. Yeah, but 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 I don't I don't I don't want to leave this on a bad note. I am pro union, far more too. good than bad, far yeah. far more good than bad, and America needs to do it. I I just have a problem with job security that uh, puts a bind uh, on employers because I've never had that security. Most people outside of unions never had that security. No. Nope. All right. Well, I'm parched. The straws went away quickly. So yeah, I did. Uh, so let's see what beer number two is. We have a Rochester Mills beer company offering. It's called Mango Kiss. And it's the Mango Zitango. One, two, three, five. No Ted Nugent uh-huh. on this iPad. On this iPad. <laughs> iPad? <laughs> All right. I'll see you guys later. I'm done. I'm out. I'm out. I quit. <laughs> I'm resigning with those police officers. Throw, throw, throw a little bit of Ted in there, and it throws them all off. Oh, <laughs> fuck. That was great. Wow. I, I'm, in, I'm in sad shape. Okay. Where, where should we pick that up? Uh, so it's a Rochester Mills Mango Kiss Milkshake IPA. Uh, I don't know if – have I had a milkshake IPA? Well, the reason I bought this beer, I seriously was intrigued by all that's going on in the description. It's a milkshake IPA, which I agree, I'm not sure we've ever had. It's ale brewed with milk sugars. And instead of the promise, because it's an IPA, of a grapefruit finish, for you, Blotto, I saw mango and vanilla, and I thought hey, this, this might be something he would enjoy right out of the gate, you know? And the I'm IBU, very intrigued. I, intrigued is the word that I used when I picked it up. I was intrigued because there's a lot going on here. The IBUs are at 45, so it's someplace in the middle. Alcohol 6, 6.5, which is good. And it uses citra and mosaic hops. So I, I think this is going to be a... a interesting beer to check out it it could be a horror show with all that stuff going on but i'm intrigued i'm ready to give it a go how about you 
yeah, yeah. You know, another one of those beers that's calling out the uh, hops that they're using. Um, you know, like it matters to me. Um, they do say it's subtly sweet with the vanilla. I'm not crazy about sweet beers, but the, Subtle, the rest, the rest, subtly kinda, sweet. The rest kind of hooked me. You so. know, um, looks like an IPA. Well, you know, I guess because of maybe the can, I was expecting it to be more orange, the mango thing. Um, and the can's got like this, you know, flaming orange color to it. And uh, uh, but you're right. It's a traditional IPA uh, color blonde. Nice bouquet. Let's see here. Hmm. Hmm. I like that. <laughs> Smells like grapefruit. I know that's weird, isn't it? I didn't expect that. <laughs> um, huh? Oh, it's creamy. That's a creamy I, IPA. The milk. I, I guess that's the milk, right? I think I have to. Um, I think I have to learn a little bit more about milkshake IPAs milkshake stouts and 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 under understand how the milk is used with a stout it almost seems like it's more of a hand in hand thing because a stout is usually a heavier creamier beer and then if you're talking a milkshake it kind of gives you that same kind of feeling thicker heavier creamier with an ipa it, you don't expect creamy in an IPA. Well, and maybe that's because we're thinking milkshake as creamy, thick, white sweetness. You know what I mean? Like, like maybe that's not the right way to think about milk as an ingredient. I think it takes some uh, some learning, some ciphering. Yeah, Jethro Bodine, Beverly Hillbillies. Um, you guys ever watch that show? Never heard of it. <laughs> That's what I thought. So what are your impressions? Uh, me or Knobs? You, Glado. I, I, I'm gonna, I gotta let it percolate a little bit. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna get back to it. It's not offensive. The bouquet is stronger than the flavor, I think, because I did smell that grapefruit IPA um, in the bouquet, but you know, it's not too strong tasting. It's finishing pretty clean. At first, I thought it did, but after a couple of sips, I'm still wondering if it's lingering. So I gotta, I, I gotta reserve judgment on this. I, I tell you what, I'm not getting. I'm not getting enough mango. Okay. But maybe it will start to surface as I keep drinking. What about you, Nobs? I think that both of you. You need to take those beers, put them in the freezer for about an hour and a half, and try it again. <laughs> because this, when it's just about close to being frozen, it's got that little you know, ice texture to it. It's absolutely delicious. Hmm. Really? Yes. I like this a lot. So this is on the list of it. It's an actual, like, it reminds me of an actual milkshake or slushy. But it's got mango vanilla flavors to it. Very refreshing. 
I don't have any lingering aftertaste. I don't know what you're talking about. This is great. At first, like I said, first sips, it it, it finished clean. But now I'm I am getting a little linger. But it's not it's not a horrible linger. It's not a it's not a bitter, super hoppy linger. Uh, so that's where I'm I'm still trying to I'm still trying to figure out if I like this style. I'm almost half a glass gone, yeah. and I have no lingering aftertaste. What little bit there might be is just a real nice fruity flavor. Are you getting enough mango? There's a bit of mango. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I kind of disagree too, Blotto. I, I'm kind of getting a pretty good dose of mango. Okay. It's the mango. I'm getting the mango. Mangoes, even just the smell, I have mango coming off of it. I, I don't taste any uh grapefruit at all. I definitely, no, I smelled it, I didn't taste it. Oh, okay, I, I, yeah, I definitely am catching the mango. And it's like you go from the fruity mango and it kind of smooths out into the vanilla. I'm getting both of those as separate. Tones. I'm getting more vanilla as I'm drinking it. That, that I, I was just gonna add to that, that last sip. Gave me a nice dose of vanilla and that yeah. sweetness. I don't think it's too sweet, though. Oh, it's the perfect amount of sweet. Yeah, because oh, knobs is for a beer that focuses on the actual like fruit mango flavor, not overly sweet at all. But mangoes, I, don't I wouldn't think even are like one of the sweeter fruits, are they? I mean, no, not like an orange. I wouldn't even if someone if someone gave me this in in. Asked me what type of beer I thought it was. I would not say IPA. It, nothing about it makes me think IPA. I'm, hmm. I just what think, you think it a, would be like a like a wheat beer, like a mango no, wheat. Oh, not a wheat. I don't know. I, I, like I, I a, guess it, milkshake so IPA. Yeah. <laughs> I, I guess with the IPA, I'm just so used to connecting the. The, the the bitter citrus of like a grapefruit or something and to me this beer is smooth and creamy nothing like an IPA but I, I'm kind of liking it so far it, 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 it is creamy yeah no I I'm probably going to end up for me on this beer unless somewhere down the road it turns on me <laughs> where the bottom falls out. Um, okay, well, th- this, it, it sounds like Nobs has made his choice. And I, uh-huh. I, w- I wish mine was as cold as Nobs was because I, I like beer. I like beer when it has ice in it. That doesn't bother me a bit. Maybe that's being beer crass or whatever, but I like it like that. I, I wouldn't I, make it in Europe. Um. My uh, my my mother's husband. I mean, I guess tech, technically my stepdad, but I never really thought of him that way. Um, he likes slushy beer. That he likes to keep his beer in the freezer just to the point of freezing. It's slushy, and uh, he, he'll drink it that way. My dad's the same way. He'll put his beers in the freezer. Can't do it. I I, I, I I just think it's terrible that way, but yeah, each his own. You're a purist. you got to have it 38 degrees or 41 <laughs> degrees or whatever because a book told you. 
That is what the beer cooler is set at. However, (laughs) however, it's funny because I think it should be colder. I think it should be more like 34. Um, But the book says 37, I think. We all know there's nothing worse than lukewarm beer, so... You you got to go to the other the extreme. Get some ice in there. Don't have to worry about it. Let's see here. Perfect beer temp. IPAs forty five to fifty degrees. Oh hell no! I think about that. Ugh. I, I mean, yeah. that, I, when I pack the treasure trove to bring it down into the studio, I use as many ice packs as I have available <laughs> in my freezer. <laughs> I pack, I pack my pint glass in the ice packs because I want the glass cold. I'm surprised you don't have a mini fridge down there with you. 45 to There's 50 a lot of degrees. Things. There's a lot of things I should have. Yeah. <laughs> All it takes it. is money. Now, here's Any another one. Do want to give me money? Uh, on dummies.com, 38 to 40. That's what, that's what I thought. 40 degrees. Craft beers, forty degrees, um, but but most people like them like, like them colder than that. How cold do you think the kegs are at uh, restaurants? They're colder than forty five. Bet you mid thirties on average. Yeah. Well, We're to find out soon. Ha, yeah. No <laughs> one's no one's gonna come to our restaurant. Everyone's afraid of going out. Well. They should be. No one wants to die just to get what? beer. <laughs> it is no. It's. A, I think it's an interest. I mean, we have followed this this stay at home order and the lockdown and COVID week after week, right? And and we've we've talked about so many different angles, right? Kind of like our own little journey, right? What our hobbies were, uh, uh, being able to work at home. Then having to go back to work, uh, you know, how many LBs we've put on, uh, and I, I we're at a we're at another point in 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 this crazy summer of COVID, right? And that is, Michigan's opening up. Like other places have opened up already, but here in Michigan, you know, Whitmer did her very best to. Uh, try and keep the infection from spreading. And uh, by all accounts, she did a pretty good job. But it means we are one of the last to open. But what does that mean for the people? Like Monday night restaurants are going to be able to open to 50% capacity. Who Who's, who's going to go to a restaurant on Monday night? Not me. I won't you, be. You can call me poly paranoia. I, I really don't care. I, I I'm willing to subject myself to takeout food <laughs> and grocery <laughs> stores for a while longer. I, I, I don't trust it. And, and the other thing, I guess the other thing though, is with the hot weather, maybe the virus is one of those things that's going to kind of flatten out on its own because of the temperatures and stuff. Eh. But I think that's going to create a false sense of security 
So I, I'm in me personally, I am in no hurry to go back and do anything which was considered normal before this. We are functioning just fine. I'm getting fatter being at home, so I'm not dying of, of malnutrition or anything. I'm, I'm getting my calories. Yeah, food, food is plentiful. Getting my beer, talking to my Toilet paper is plentiful again. Yeah, yeah. The only thing you can't find is Lysol wipes. Yeah. They're impossible to find. Yeah. But but we're not talking about that. We're, we're talking about what are you going to do now that things are opening? Are you going to participate or are you going to be paranoid like me? Uh, I haven't made up my mind. Like, I... I don't. I don't know. We'll, we'll, I think we'll probably start slowly, like like feeling more comfortable to invite people over. But you know, it's it's hard to go from the macro to the to to the mini, right? To your own world, and and that's why Fred, you're still saying, you know, you're call it paranoid, call it cautious, call it smart, whatever, however you want to characterize it. You're saying that maybe it's okay to go to restaurants and, and keep six feet apart. Uh, but I still don't want to bring, I still don't want to be around people to get infected or possibly be an unwitting, uh, you know, carrier. So I, I, I don't know. They, they opened up um, Traverse City. Last week, that, that was in holiday, one of the zones. Holiday that they, weekend, right? Uh, I, I believe so. Yeah, uh, Memorial because weekend. Whitmer keeps her boat up there, so that's why they opened it up. Nope, just her husband's boat. Her husband's boat. Um, and I have gotten some anecdotal information that the city is is busier than it was during COVID, but it's still not like doing the same kind of uh, you know, commerce that it was, was doing, um, you know, last year that there's, there's, there's people in the streets, there's people that are kind of doing things, there's people going out to dinner. Um, but there is a, uh, uh, a, a tepidness about it. So I, I don't, um, I, I really don't know, like when's the first time that I'm gonna, say, hey, let's, you know, get this other couple and go out to dinner. I can tell I'm not ready to, to jump in both feet because ju just in our subdivision, I have friends, you know, across the street and, you know, adjacent to our condo and stuff. And just we go out there and people are out and about in the neighborhood walking dogs and such. And if someone like violates my six foot space, I, I I'm still backing off. You know what I mean? I, that quickly I'm conditioned. You, you should be careful with your balance issues and your age. <laughs> well, yeah. And wow. my under my underlying conditions, you forgot to mention those. <laughs> those are mental. No, they're not. <laughs> off air. But um I, I I'm still backing away from neighbors, you know, in, in open air. So I know I'm not ready. And, and you know what? I'm good with that. 
Well, I don't have hair, so I don't need a haircut. Well, that's I'll do it myself. The, the, the haircut thing is, is is a major deal. You know when um, when w- w- Whitmer announced that the restaurants were going to open uh, next week and that the salons were still going to be closed, Pop Tart said, "Who's going to go out to eat if you can't do your hair?" <laughs> <laughs> You know, and I said, I said, that's brilliant. You got to put that on Facebook. Like, that's brilliant. It really is. Have you guys noticed, like, if you've gone to, say, Kroger or Meyer to go do a little grocery shopping, Uh the roots on parade? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) I know I have not noticed. It is so good to be a man sometimes, you know, (laughs) to see the the undyed roots. it, It just. It just knocks them all down a couple pegs. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Did you have you seen less people wearing masks? Um, when was the no, last time you not, went out? Not really. March. <laughs> no, no. I, uh, I, I kind of thought that I, I did. I was I was at uh, a grocery store yesterday, and it. I wasn't taking a poll by any sense, but I was I was I was trying to notice, you know, the warmer weather. You know, the, the rules are getting relaxed. Um, you, you know, I was kind of We shopped Meyer this week for groceries. And, and I would say, no, I'm sorry. It was Kroger this week. I'm getting things gapping again. No, it was Kroger. It doesn't matter I, to the people. I would say that 80% of the people still had masks on. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I didn't think it was that was that high, but again, it could have been. Mm-hmm. It was at, at Kroger. It was probably eighty percent. Which really well, sp- I'm with. I'm with you. I've been seeing less and less people wear a mask. Yeah, um, and, and and that kind of goes into the the going outside, like or or, or going out into the town thing, um, because. Uh, there was a new set of protocols that was published today, and I have to review them. Uh, but I believe the first set talked about how they wanted people in the restaurant to wear a mask. I don't, I don't think it was mandated. But while you're in the waiting area, or, or no, you're supposed to wear a mask until you are seated. Seems kind of silly. Well, it does because it, it, if that's what's required, maybe we're opening too early, right? Yes. Was it required or recommended? I, I want to say it was required. I don't. I don't want to review, um, but it might be just suggested. Um, I don't think any mass has been required. There's um, been any enforcement of it, except for a few stores that are doing the self-enforcing. Yeah, I pulled over and fined for not wearing a mask. Um, yeah, no, I'm 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 quickly looking at the the the, the latest published official Michigan uh, uh, reopening qualifications, and it doesn't look like uh, they are required. Um, uh, okay. Post signs instructing customers to wear face coverings until they get their table. So we, we have to post a sign that says 
you should be wearing a face covering until you are seated. But nothing specifying what happens if you're not wearing a mask. And it doesn't say that the customer's required to wear a mask. Right. Just the We're, post of signs that the restaurant is required to, to suggest they. Yeah. 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 Um. And uh, you know, fifty percent capacity, and uh, you know, six feet apart, um, and, and a bunch of other protocols. So but, you you said that hair salons and barbershops they're not opened yet. I think uh, she finally, uh, yeah, she she uh, relented finally. My dentist <laughs> is open. I got an email or a text from my dentist. They're open. Let's rock. Let's clean yep. your teeth. But you can't go to a hair salon. So. <laughs> I, I don't remember. I don't know if you guys remember this. So what's but, going on there? But, well, right. This is medical, though. No, but wait, 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 wait. From having long hair. What? Like a week before the stay-at-home order, I got in an argument with my dentist. <laughs> is that and, where you walked out? Yes. And and so I don't have a dentist right now. Oh God. <laughs> and I, I, I prefer, I prefer to get my teeth clean every four months instead of every six months or every three months instead of every six months. And so in, in my mind, I'm like way past due because we got into an argument back in February or whatever it was. <laughs> and, and so I didn't get my teeth clean that day. <laughs> So I don't even have a dentist, and I really, really want to go to one. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm actually, I have a my six month cleaning like June 24th or something like that. I'm rescheduling. I don't care. I, I don't get a lot of. Okay, here's the thing. Here's the, here's I don't care. Okay, this is this is a great point about really what we're supposed to be talking about. So. Pop Tart called her hairstylist and said, first she said, Well, I don't want to be first. <laughs> She's like, you know, do it for a couple weeks and then get me in there. Then she thought about it a little bit. And yeah, thought, wait a minute. I was just gonna say that's backwards thinking. She should be first. Yeah. Right. Right. So Why let the germs pile up. So so she called him back today and he's like, Okay. I got you on the 15th, 9 a.m. or whatever. <laughs> I'll let you unlock the door, actually. <laughs> well, you know, she has some underlying conditions as well. And oh, so yeah. on, the, on the fear factor, you know, she's kind of like you, Fred, where even if things are purported to be safe on some level, uh, I, I don't think she's rushing out to, you know, go to, you know, Red Robin. Um, <laughs> well played. Uh, Thank you. Uh, you know, I, I just don't. I, I am anxious to get back to normalcy. I, I mean, I, and it's it, it, it it's going to be a challenge. You know, I, I, Blotto, I I agree with you. I want I want normalcy, but I'm also you know tentative. Like, are we opening up too quickly? 
But I'm looking at some of the numbers for different counties, at least for me and Traverse City and a few other areas that I thought would be a lot bigger after the holiday weekend. And they're not. Oh, oh, you mean they're 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 COVID numbers? Yeah. They're well, not spiking like I thought they would. But but again, so much of that has to do with te- testing, and you got to look at two weeks later, right? I mean, it's hard to mm-hmm. say. I was on a conference call today, and we have a coworker in Texas, and yeah. he brought up, and he brought up the fact, and 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 he's a Trumpster, and he brought up the fact, you know, because we were talking. Uh, uh, with the guy in New Jersey, and New Jersey's almost had as strict a lockdown as Michigan. Michigan, New Jersey, and Washington, basically three states that I interact with a lot, <laughs> have have really uh, uh, been clamped down. And uh, he was like, "Yeah, we've almost we're almost back to normal." He said, "You know, everything's open." He's like, "You know, we don't really even have that many restrictions." He said, "But." In the last three days, we've had our highest three days of COVID cases. Yeah, that's something to watch out for. But now, at least in the, the areas that I'm looking at, I'm not seeing that. Now, we're what, almost what, coming up on two weeks from Memorial. What he also said was they have increased testing beyond just those that were showing out outward right. symptoms. And, and so then you would expect that number to increase, I suppose, it, it, like I said, it still gets very tricky. Um, you know, maybe by holding out as long as Whitmer did, uh, she did end up being the smartest kid in the class. I, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll find out. You know, in, um, a, in a case of a pandemic, why wouldn't you want to be the smartest kid in the class? <laughs> why, why would you want to be the knee jerk? who just jumps back in and just says, you know, hell's bells, we don't give a shit. You know what I mean? You would think that if you had a governor that was looking out for your health, your best interest, trying to keep you alive, you you might show a little appreciation. Two weeks difference. (laughs) You put up with it for three months. Another two weeks difference. You, you can't do it? Are you that weak? Seriously. I, I, I don't understand that mentality. You know? Because the shit's real, right? People dying. hundred and What? 110,000 dead? It's a hoax. Oh, of course. It's yeah. a Democrat. All, all those people are in on the hoax, too. Yep. You know that, right? In the 1.875 million cases, it's also a hoax, but... I, I don't. I do not understand that mentality. It's like, well, I don't know. More beer. Yeah, I, I just think it's going to be interesting to see how people gravitate back towards that normalcy or mm-hmm. otherwise. Um, it, it, you know, whether it's be going to get a haircut or going out to a restaurant. Um, what do, what do you, you know, guys think it's going to be like the, the first time you commit, you're going to a restaurant, you're in there with people without masks. They may not be quite six feet away. <laughs> Are you going to be excited to flirt <laughs> down that flaming You're like, a, you're like a, a, a guy <laughs> doing like a horror show. <laughs> <laughs> 
like, like a horror show. It's like a pandemic. horror show. You know, you're going to dinner. You think you're with your friends. There's people without masks. Less than six feet away. Have they sanitized your table? You don't know because you've been in, under mask out in the waiting area. I, 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 if, will everyone would just be looking around suspicious? Yeah, I, I think it's, <laughs> your bread basket comes. Do you actually grab for the bread? I spray it. <laughs> oh God! I spray it with Lysol. What's I'm building other... an immunity to eating Lysol. <laughs> All right, we're, we're talking about getting your hair cut. We're talking about going to restaurants. What about bars? We're, I, I don't know how this affects them, so I'm looking for some guidance here. Bars, to me, seems like is going to be really, really hard to open and keep people safe. Don't, don't you agree? Yeah. Because... Uh, People want to congregate in bars, but the, the whole idea of a bar is, 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 uh, you know, getting in each other's space, right? Connecting with people, meeting people, throwing up on people, you know, all, all those things. Those things. Uh, Are they open along with the restaurants, bars? I, I don't really think, um, the state of Michigan makes a distinction between a bar and a restaurant. Oh, okay. You, you, what you have are different licenses. So the, your your basic classy license allows you to sell everything, beer, wine, liquor. Uh, but there's there are rules uh, uh, in Michigan that state if you have a classy liquor license, 50% of your revenue must come from food. So you really can't have purely a bar that doesn't serve food. There, there, there are like a, a few exceptions to that. All right, but if, but if you're selling liquor, you have to sell food. If you're just selling beer, you don't have a class C. I think that's you can be like a brew pub, and um, uh, it might be thirty percent food. There, there might even be some other rules around that, but most establishments that you think about. Uh, our class, any, anyone with liquor is pretty much going to be a class, class C in Michigan. You're boring the audience. <laughs> it's just something I know a lot about right now. <laughs> I know, but you're boring the audience. <laughs> you put half of them to sleep with that. Uh, well, let's it, finish up here. Information I'm, I'm, is knowledge. I'm, knowledge I'm trying to figure knowledge. out I'm going to finish up on this beer. I, I I'm just going to end up meh on it. I, it's not bad, but I'm I've really slowed down on it. As much as I want to like it, I, I I don't see myself buying it again or craving it. I have three others, and I will drink them or share them with positive. You know, hey, you might like this. So that, or give them to your or give them to your neighbors. No, I don't think I'm going to give them to them. I don't think they'll appreciate these. It's a good beer. It's a quality beer. You know what I was thinking? Sam. You've inspired me. I think this beer would be good if you threw it in a blender with some Mm -hmm. ice. Yep. 30 seconds. 
I, I honestly think this would be an excellent summer drink. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. It's got potential for that. It's for me, for sure. If this is a very unique beer. It might be highly situational, but damn, they made it, and props to Rochester Mills for making it. And yeah. it's, it's delicious. I think it's great. Okay. Uh, hey, I, I so so bars and restaurants can open up at twelve oh one a.m. Oh, oh yeah, right, right. So Monday morning, yeah, Monday morning you can go and. Oh, good! I can go to a bar in the morning and head to work drunk. There you go. Sounds great. Just don't drive. Get beat. No, I, work, I work downtown. I could just walk. <laughs> Well, actually, I'll be working. Uh, I won't say it on the air. <laughs> All right. Dead air means we're done. We are done. Yep. Bottoms up. We did it again. Bottoms up. Bottoms up, you guys. Out. Till next week. Till next week. Politics. Some culture and craft beer. Politics. And that is why you're here Politics Adam's up